There's a lot of talk in the media today about our girls and our boys being equal in every way. And though, in essence, that may be somewhat true, in practical application, there are still many differences in the way our boys and girls process thought and engage with others. Generally speaking, there are differences in the things they value, the way they dress, the way they wear their hair, even the way they walk and talk. And in addition to their obvious anatomical differences, boys and girls communicate very differently also because their brains are structured differently. So as good parents, we need to acknowledge these things in order to effectively communicate with our own kids. Guy talk, girl talk. Sorting through the maze of effectively understanding our kids. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosal, and our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. And Trace, you and I have some parenting experience, so we've got this whole communication thing down right. You've got five kids, mm-hmm. I've got five kids, we both have boys and girls. In light of so many people trying to bridge the gender gap these days, what's been your personal observation like within your own family when it comes to the differences in communicating with the two genders? And as far as I know, there really are only two <laughs> genders, aren't there? Uh, well, there were only two in my house, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I was... I was told New York City now recognizes 31 different gender distinctions and probably growing. Uh, of course, this is insanity. Uh, but, but yes, there's definitely a difference in, in how the different sexes slash genders communicate uh, uh, with us as parents and with each other and how we should communicate with them. And, and by the way, I, I just don't buy the premise that, that there are any significant differences uh, between the term sex and the term gender. Um, but that's a whole other story. For the sake of today's program, uh, we're going to accept the premise and and the general historical precedent that, that generally speaking, males and females, boys and girls, actually do communicate differently. And therefore, it would be wise to teach our kids how to effectively uh, deal with the opposite sex. But before we can do that, uh, we parents need to get a handle on understanding the differences in just how boys and girls actually communicate. Because it's very easy for one gender to infer something that the other isn't implying. I think understanding this is going to help make our parenting experience a more pleasurable and profitable one. But uh, you originally asked uh, about what I've observed about the way the the two genders communicate. Uh, But I'm going to allow today's guest to elaborate on that. You, sir, are either a chicken or a very wise man. Uh, maybe both, but but I'm with you. And, uh, I'm neither. Squeak, pass the cheese. <laughs> well, we are going to let uh, today's guest unravel this for you. Who uh, She, by the way, is a repeat offender. Yes, she's been with us on Licensed Parent before and was brave enough to come back. Maybe it was something we said. We don't know because we're guys and she's a girl. Mm -hmm. Karen Whiting is a freelance writer and award-winning author of 25 nonfiction books, including the popular tween series God's Girls and uh, for parents raising a young modern-day princess. Now, just last year in 2017, she released 52 weekly devotions for busy families, Gift of Bread, Recipes for the Heart and the Table, and the book that we're going to attempt to interpret today as guys anyway, Girl Talk, Guy Talk. 
Karen's work has appeared in numerous publications, including Focus on the Family Magazine, The Lookout, and Today's Christian Woman. Uh, She formerly hosted an educational television series called Puppets on Parade. She now speaks to women's groups, retreats, schools, and mother-daughter events, and, uh, by the way, has a heart for military families also. She and her late husband participated in Officers Christian Fellowship for nearly four decades, helping military families and academy students. Karen, by the way, joins our ranks in being the mother of five children, but she has us both beat. She's the Mm. grandmother of 12. Wow. Karen, welcome back to License to Parent. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's always good to talk to people who love children. (laughs) Amen. Hey, listen, tell us about your book, Girl Talk, Guy Talk, and, and what's your end game for writing a book like this? That's a lot packed into a question. The end game is to develop good communication, effective communication skills in teenagers, both girls and guys. And I co-authored it with Jesse Floria from Focus on the Family because I think a book that addresses girls and guys needs both viewpoints from the author's perspectives also. I worked with teens a lot. I had 22 straight years of teens in my own house because of the age spread of my children. And I found that they really needed to develop communication skills. It didn't just happen without any thought, without any work. Hmm. Now, out of curiosity, this is something any individual, regardless of being a guy or a girl, needs to do, but not just with the opposite gender. Because, I mean, I can tell you, having five kids of my own, four boys, these four boys are all different. So uh, I'm just curious, that that may lend itself uh, to that New York City thing where they're recognizing 31 different genders. Yeah, it's like the Baskin-Robbins of gender identity over there. Yeah, (laughs) does that that create a need for change in this book you've written? I mean, you're so limited only talking about two. Right, it doesn't really because we address personalities and how we are each unique with our personalities and talk about the temperaments so that we can understand one another when we may be the same sex but live in different time zones under the same roof even because we our perspective on life has a lot to do with our temperament also. Mm. So it, it does address uh, understanding that and understanding the person who's an extrovert, a person who's an introvert, that type of thing, because we're not all wired identically. God created each of us as individuals, and, you know, we just love that. We want to embrace that, but we also want to embrace that there are some things with girls and some things with guys, and we need to learn to communicate with one another, respect one another, love, and be able to and willing to forgive one another. Yeah. Is this book designed for parents, kids, or both? It's designed for both. We particularly want the girls and guys to be reading it, but we think it's really good to do with your family and to even do with a youth group or with a group of friends because we want it to be conversation starters, that when you do Mm -hmm. each devotion and there's a focus each time on some aspect of communication, you will want to put it into practice. You will want to discuss it and talk about how that impacts your life or how that can make a difference in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when giving this book to our kids, uh, I do have an extra copy and I'm going to give it to my my daughter. Uh, You mentioned it being a conversation starter. How should parents respond to their kids? uh, I'm talking Christian parents here. Uh, when per, their kids perhaps think that this, this book is biased against the LGBT community uh, with a premise that maybe they don't buy into. Because I'm telling you, a lot of Christian kids 
uh, are coming home from school and, and, and buying into a lot of this? How, how do parents respond to that objection? Yeah, I do think there are certain aspects in which you don't want to have explosions in your house because of those differences. At the same time, you want to be grounded in the Bible, and you need to have that balance. You're talking with people, maybe they're not believers, maybe they don't believe the same thing, and that sometimes what you need to do is to start using some questions. Go back to the original purposes. Why are you here? How do you know right from wrong? When you have problems, what gets you through? You know, what do you believe happens when a person dies? Some of these that get you back to some real questions of significance about life and death and God can open you up to talk, but also remind you that we may not have all the answers. God does. Mm -hmm. But we want to be a uniter, not a divider. We want to listen to our children and remind them and ask questions of what do they think God meant when and point to a verse there to ask that question mm-hmm. because Jesus went back to people. The heart of what he did was ask questions. Mm-hmm. Just having the conversation, a conversation, uh, is, is a plus in the parent-child dynamic today uh, with all the digital technology out there that's kind of isolated people. Uh, today's world is full of vehicles that influence and tempt Christian kids to adopt many of the same standards as the garden variety heathen. Uh, what are a few of the top temptations that, that parents should be on the lookout for uh, that, that seem to trip up our Christian boys and girls? Let's start with the girls. Yeah, well, the temptations are always going to be to fit in, mm-hmm. to give in to peer pressure, to uh, doubt our faith. And doubting our faith is not a bad thing. Christ did not send Thomas away because he had a doubt. Mm -hmm. That is often a starting point to dig deeper. Uh, You know, we have the temptations of sex. We're going to have the temptations of wanting to be liked, what pushes us to accept peer pressure, those types of things. And part of that is to esteem yourself as God does, to learn to speak up for what is right and to challenge our children to be who God wants them to be, not who a different person wants them to be, who may or may not have good moral standing. Can can we get back to the the core of your book, though, for just a moment? I, I'd like you to lay out some of the differences in the way you might even communicate those challenges. Um, what what did you find between boys and girls and the way they communicate or don't communicate that, that we can bring to the table here and, and unpack a little bit for our listeners? Well, certainly girls use more words. Boys use more humor. You can get to them better with a good joke that you can then pull them in on than if you're too serious and they see you as lecturing them. Girls want to have a little more touch, so a little more coming around them, giving them a big hug, and emotionally responding to how they're feeling because they have more ups and downs emotionally. Hmm. And they're going to respond more when you can have empathy for how they're feeling and then connect to them from that. Guys, as I said, you know, they're, they're into their sports, into, sometimes they're into the uh, thinking because they know what they want to do with the rest of their life anytime, and they can get super focused. And you may have to tap into where they're focused and appreciate and respect what they want to be learning to do. Mm-hmm. And if you can respect them for that, they're more open to listening to you. 
So it, it is getting to know your own child, get, but also understanding girls and guys. They're just not wired the same. Yeah. I, I need to lie down on the couch here for a minute and continue therapy. So, Trace, if you need to get a cup of coffee or something, that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say confession is good for the soul because what you just described, I have seen in my house a number of times. There's a lot of people have. Um, my youngest son is still at home. My my only daughter, who is our youngest child, is still at home. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, if if things aren't being done according to plan or, you know, we set a certain expectation and it isn't met and I come back and I have to call them on it, the the phrase, you're lecturing me, comes out of either one of their mouths all the time. So uh, you're right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I guess I guess my my question is, um, how do you have the hard conversations? Uh, you know, you know, I can't approach it just in joking with my son. Although you're absolutely right, he responds to that because he needs to know that this is serious. So, so how do we? How do those two get married? <laughs> Sometimes you have to be on neutral ground. You may have to take them out somewhere to eat and sit down with them and relax and then say, you know, I want to have some deep conversation with you. The few issues I want to talk about, I don't want to be lecturing. I want us to discuss and lay that out so they understand that you want these talks, but you want to listen also because they want to be able to them a lecture is you're going to tell them and you're not going to listen. Mm-hmm. So you have to lay out, I'm willing to listen. And then you have to lay out, but let's also dig into God's word and see what he says, because you say, I have opinions. I say, I have convictions mm-hmm. and my convictions come from my faith. So we're going to have to look at that too, so that you understand where I'm coming from. Then you tell me where you're getting your background from, and your belief from. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, in talking about the girls liking uh, boys who are humorous uh, and something that's attractive to them, is the reverse true? I mean, how do boys really feel about uh, funny girls? Uh, I've always, I remember as a kid, you know, I always felt a little bit threatened by a, a real funny girl. Is that, is it, or is that just me? Some guys can be if girls are humorous, especially if they're sarcastic. They're not expecting that always Mm -hmm. because then they treat them more as a guy than they do a girl. Uh, The thing a guy likes is for a girl to appreciate their humor, to laugh at their jokes. You know, I I was married 38 years before my husband passed on to heaven. Mm. And I I always laughed because I didn't, I just didn't worry about memorizing any of his jokes or funny lines so I could laugh at them again. (laughs) I always liked that, Uh, you know, because that's part of what they do enjoy. I think that if a girl is humorous, guys, you know, and and that's her natural bent, then she needs to find the guys who like that sense of humor in her because they don't always like it. And she's got to temper it and realize that I need to not sound like a guy. I need to still be me. Well, my wife always reminds me when I've told a joke over. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we heard that one. <laughs> uh, I've heard people say that there's never any place for sarcasm toward a child from a, from a Christian parent. Uh, can you comment on that? Because Scripture seems to be pretty replete with uh, you know Jesus and Paul both using sarcasm. Uh, is it kind of like salt and pepper? I mean, too much is going to ruin things? Or is, how, how do you respond to that, that statement that, that I've heard people make? You know, somewhat depends on your own background and your family. 
some families like to use sarcasm and the children grow up with it. As long as they know we're not doing it to hurt you, mm-hmm. that we just, uh, you know, want to use it to be fun. But when you're using it, underlying, you're really poking a jab, throwing an arrow at that person, then you've gone too far. Yeah. And you have to be sensible of what's happening with that. Mm-hmm. You know, our sarcastic tongues, when we're wielding it like a lightsaber as a Jedi, that's not good. Right. When we're just using, um, you know, it to have a little light humor and we're not poking somebody and really trying to hurt them, part of that goes back to words begin in the heart. What is your heart condition? If your heart condition is that you love, your children, you have forgiven them for anything, then sarcasm is probably not going to be that hurtful type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen, what has the digital world done to uh, complicate the communication issues between boys and girls? It has lowered our ability to communicate deeply and well because we're using short text. We're chopping things up. We're not having a full conversation. Mm-hmm. We're using little codes that sometimes we all know, sometimes we don't know. Yeah. And that makes it very hard to really communicate. We're getting away from being one-on-one with a person to actually when we're with them having our cell phones. So we're with these other people digitally and not really focusing on the person we're really with. And that's very sad that we can't seem to put those down. We are afraid of missing out. Yeah, FOMO. That fear of missing out yeah. is FOMO is very real for these teens. Right. And so we need them to realize the real fear of missing out is missing out in the moment of who you are with. Yeah. But is that an indicator that, you know, we just have too much out there? I mean, we, uh, too many decisions and indecision is, is a root cause of anxiety, which leads to depression, which leads to other things. Uh, I've often said this on our program, it's a systemic problem to who we are as a people in America uh, today. So how can parents mitigate this when, uh, when it's so ingrained in who we are as a people just in the last decade or so? Yeah. I believe we do have to have certain rules, that when it is dinner time, all the cell phones are turned to silent. Mm-hmm. We're not answering that. We're not answering a landline that has a, a, re, a recorder to take the messages. We are going to be in the moment with one another, that once in a while you need to get away to a place where you're not going to have self-service, that you just have to sometimes unplug mm-hmm. so that you can realize what life is like unplugged. We need to jump in here and take a break real quick. Our guest today on License to Parent is Karen Whiting, a writer and award-winning author of 25 nonfiction books, including the one we're talking about today, Girl Talk, Guy Talk. We'll be back with more conversation in just a moment. You're listening to License to Parent. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the Internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. 
The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. We're back on License to Parent. Remember, you can find us online at licensetoparent.org. And while there, you can check out any of our past programs, hear conversations we've had on a variety of topics with a variety of guests. In fact, you'll hear this one there shortly. Our guest today is Karen Whiting, author of the book Girl Talk, Guy Talk. And in case you've got a lot of reading time, she's got 24 or 25 other nonfiction books that are great. And you'll find all of those on her website at karenwhiting.com, K-A-R-E-N-W-H-I-T-I-N-G.com. Karen, uh, during the break, we were talking about the fact that uh, language has changed a bit. And attitude in our language has changed a bit. And, and Trace, I know you've observed um, in various uh, settings the fact that girls are getting more uh, aggressive in their conversation. Well, not but, just in a conversation, but, you know, sexually Just in general, too. Yeah. I mean, but it, yeah, in general. And, and Karen, I'm wondering, does your book mention anything about how parents should deal with that uh, or how to prepare for it? Well, it does talk about attitude and how your attitude speaks louder than words and people see that attitude. It talks quite a bit about different sex topics in there, and what we have to remind girls is that they're reflecting the image of God and go back to why did he make sex and what is the real purpose and where does it belong. Uh, girls are very can be very aggressive, and part of it is because they so much want love, and they think they can get love through sex. Mm-hmm. Um, guys think they can get sex through saying love exactly. uh, without ever feeling anything. And it, it all goes back to filling that void that they need in their life. Mm-hmm. And if you find your kids going after sex or appearing to, you have to sit back and say, why is there still a hole in their heart that God they have not allowed God to fill, or that I have also not filled as a parent. As our kids reach the teen years, it's uh, it's often easier for dads to communicate with their boys, it seems. Um, 
What are some things that dads need to know about uh, uh, communicating with their girls uh, that as men, we just kind of seem to struggle with, particularly as they, they go into those teen years? Yeah, the respect they show their own daughter models what that girl should look for in a man. And if they're not seeing respect from their dad, opening car doors for mom, maybe even for them, and treating them as a woman who's deserving of respect, then they're not going to catch on to that and realize this is what I want in a guy. This is what makes a difference for me. You know, we've gotten to women's lib has us. You don't have to open the door for the woman. You know, you don't have to, guys. But guess what? It does make a difference. It does share respect. Girls, you can say thank you if someone opens the door for you. We need to go back to consideration and respect for one another. And dads are the ones who should start that. Amen. Amen. But I think some of our guys today, they don't know whether to spit or wind their watch because sometimes chivalry will get them slapped in the face. You well, know, and, and I've, I've come across that. I held the door for mm-hmm. um, a woman who was coming into a building. And she kind of right. snarled at me on the way in. And it's like, why are you doing that? And I said, right. ma'am, I, I hold the door for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a sign of, of kindness that can be expressed anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that was the best response I could come up with. But yeah. I was shocked that she was offended right. by and my holding the door response, for her. Yeah. But I do believe that you'll always have some of those who are going to respond that way because what's in their heart, it's showing some anger. Yeah. It's showing something that's not happy there. The best thing you can do is continue to be kind, continue to open those doors and model the kindness that God wants us to have for one another, intentional kindness. And, you know, it's, it's never something that's lost. They will remember you did that. They will remember those words, yeah. even if they didn't like it at the time. And somewhere in them, it will somehow resonate. And that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Karen, I tell you what, let us give you the last word. You've talked throughout our conversation about the importance of conversation and communication really between everybody. Any final thoughts of, uh, of how to improve this uh, between father, daughter, mother, son, boy, girl, all that stuff? What's our best next approach? Take time to really connect. Take time to communicate, and that means listening, listening with your eyes and with your heart as well as with your ears. Just spend time making true and real authentic connections. Mm. That means put your phones down for just a little bit. Right. <laughs> it will yes, certainly help. Yes. Certainly help. Our guest today on License to Parent has been Karen Whiting, freelance author and award-winning author of 25 nonfiction books, including the one that we talked about today. It's called Girl Talk, Guy Talk. You can find that book in all of her books and connect with her on her website, KarenWhiting.com, and Whiting is spelled W-H-I-T. I-N-G. She's also on Facebook and Twitter at Karen H. Whiting. And Karen H. Whiting, thank you for spending some time with us today on Licensed to Parent. We thank appreciate you, it. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. And this wraps up today's Licensed to Parent broadcast. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Now, we produce this program to share some of the hard lessons that well, come from working with troubled teens day after day. Our hope is that your family might avoid some of the heartache and avoid the need for a residential program for your team. 
As always, if you can help financially in the work that we do, and we hope that you will, please click the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work that we do here at Shepherd's Hill, can provide scholarship aid to families who need residential care but can't afford it, and can help us keep this radio program on the air. Just click the Donate button when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.